0: Welcome to Jess on the Mountain, a podcast about yoga, chakras, and becoming your own guru. I'm Jess Goulding, and today I'm thrilled to bring you a conversation about creativity and manifestation. I'm inviting to our podcast, Kelly Emmert. Kelly Emmert lives here in Austin, and full disclosure, we have been very good friends for a very long time. And we love to get together and chat about our businesses, about our lives and our families. And I know what Kelly brings to the table is a love of art and she is also a master manifester. This is a woman who I met in her own business at her own home, and it is now growing, thriving and expanding. So we're lucky to get her for a moment during her busy time of business expansion to come in and talk to us a little bit about her story. So we're here in the realm of chakra three of manifesting and hope, and we're splashing in some chakra two of creativity. So Kelly, welcome. Thanks. Kelly, just for our listeners, I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey with art, where it started, what sparked you and, you know, a little bit about your vision as you came to know what you wanted to do with this one great life.
1: I can't remember a time as a child where I wasn't creating. Um, I literally took a basket weaving class as a child. (laughs) People do that. (laughs) Anything I could get my hands on to to create, I was always doing. Um, And when it was time for me to go to college, I wanted to study art. And my mom put her foot down. She was like, you can't make money and that's not a viable option. Um, so I went to wherever I thought the next best thing, which, which was design. I wanted to have a creative space. Um, I just looked up cause I was curious as to when it was in 1997. I have a journal that I talked about where I was writing down my wishes and dreams. And, um, wanted to be an artist and wanted my own business. Um, And then later on a separate page talked about having an art studio and a creative space and a network of creative, powerful women.
0: I mean, you were very specific. You were specific about your vision.
1: I was specific in my words, but I don't know that I really knew a crystal clear vision. I think it was, it was more thoughts and ideas and words at that time, but yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. Well that makes sense and then kind of the your life kind of filled in mm-hmm. the um the picture, right? You said here's what I'm asking to create, endeavoring to create. And then it and then life filled it in along with your efforts.
1: I think so, because I think the people that um came along in my life, obviously my husband and my children and my neighbors and my friends and my community helped shape
0: what that would become well, uh, so you were, you did design in college, mm-hmm. and then from college, what did you do next? because I know you didn't just jump right into the art garage
1: in college. I also outside of doing my, you know, curriculum work for um the university, I also took stained glass classes. and then um at that time, I had to travel an hour to take a workshop in glass fusion. um and I was completely hooked with that first class um. That I took. And that was that I did stained glass during college and then right after college did a glass fusion class. Um, and so I started creating with glass fusion, got I was immediately hooked, went home and was like, Well, that course was $150. How much are kilns? Because it where is the math, you know, and got my first kiln and started to create. Um, and at that time I graduated, I had a baby which also took things for a different turn. So um, that I think having a child and having to downsize my studio and what I could do. And then, um, yeah, I was teaching high school. That was really awesome. I, um, like I said, had a degree in design. I taught photography. I taught ceramics. I taught sculpture. I taught drawing, painting, and design. Um, I was the fourth art teacher and I had the Very challenging task of traveling to each of the other art rooms and teaching on their off
0: period. So you didn't have your own classroom?
1: No. And that was trial by fire because I I knew a little bit about a lot because I'd always wanted to learn, but I'd never used a dark room. I'd never thrown on the wheel. There's all these things that then I'm expected to teach. And yeah, literally was going home at night, like researching what things were and coming back to, you know, the full-time job, what they ask of teachers and teaching to high schoolers who were, you know, <laughs> they can see through.
0: Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's an obstacle that comes up so often for people is like, I don't know enough to do this, or I'm not qualified to do this. It really can get in the way of people manifesting those dreams. And it sounds like you just like, went home, made it work.
1: I, I think that that's for whatever reason, something that I'm, I am gifted with is like, I I just, if I don't know how to do, I mean, my whole business, you know, having your own business, you don't know how to do any of it until you do it. And so it's continually going, Hmm, I don't know how to do that. Well, let's learn how to do it
0: so we can do it. Yeah. This is, this is perseverance. This is, um, this, this is just what we were talking about in the last episode about hope, about how, uh, you must have hoped that you could do it because you have knowledge and, um, understanding of your capabilities. You know, that you can find a pathway there. So just keep going, just keep going. Yes. Just keep hiking. Awesome. Wow. So, okay. Keep going. So did any <laughs> high schooler did any high school ever call you out? Did they ever say like,
1: you know, you even know I, what you're doing? I think they all knew my heart was in the right place. Um, I very much cared about what they took away from the experience, um, and I think they knew I was doing my darndest. So I did never have any negative, um, you know, feedback from my students, and I had a lot of successes. You know, kids that went and won awards and did did things. So we were, it was it was great. Um, and then I moved to Austin pretty soon after. Um, and at that time I couldn't get a teaching job. That's pretty much what happened to make the art garage be born was I couldn't there. I mean, they just, they, there weren't very many, um, at that time, art teaching was like you had to, they said, you have to wait for somebody to retire or die. Cause you know, they're not, they're not given up very often because a lot of people want to be art teachers,
0: I guess. Good gig. It's good, good. good work you can <laughs> get it. So this is a this is another so this is another obstacle, right? Essentially, that's a door shut in your face again and again, and you're like, okay. So you have a house. Is this when we're going to birth the art garage? Can you tell us what the art garage is? Yeah, that's.
1: I I started. I was doing fused glass still. Um, that that followed me along, and um. A, a very good friend of mine said, you should think about, and I was teaching workshops on glass fusion. I had a few private clients that came in and did, and I did, you know, here's and there's of lady night, ladies nights and stuff. Um, and a dear friend of mine said you should hold an art camp. And I was like, Mm, I don't know if that's what I want to do. And then I did. And so it just kind of grew in all facets. I kept teaching, um, adults and of course teaching children grew and
0: that's pretty much how the art garage was was birthed (laughs) so it's literally in it was in your garage right there's room there for a kiln and you cleared out the space and then you invited people into your space to create art how did you come up with the name the art garage just simply naming it what it is
1: my mom um suggested that And I said, but mom, I don't want to be in a garage. This is just, you know, where I'm starting. And she said, well, it's a perfectly wonderful place to start. And then you'll have a story.
0: This is when I got to come into the picture because I had kids in a preschool just up the street. So we're in the same neighborhood and we got to start coming. And my experience of Kelly in the art garage is um, happy. Like where you go, people are happy. And I'm wondering if that is what, like, where you have the logo or what is it? A mantra or a mm-hmm. saying? Our
1: tagline. Yeah, the create Tagline.
0: Create and be happy. So simple and yet so profound, really. Because I believe that we are we are creative beings. We're creative. Everyone is creative. But not everybody. I mean, people tend to think, like, well, I'm not a creative person. I can't draw. I can't paint i can't sculpt and from a very young age you're telling people that's okay just create something and be happy like i have some of the most hideous looking um little things that my kids made out of muck out of like clay right (laughs) some of them ended up a little phallic they're kind of strange right but (laughs) so they paint (laughs) these things and they don't know that this is a non-thing it's beautiful and to me it's a treasure and it makes me happy and it makes them happy. And some somewhere along the line, we kind of lose this childlike ability to just create and be happy. Just stop mm-hmm. worrying about the results. It's not a results-oriented thing. It's the process.
1: It is. And I think, too, I listened um something you were saying in your podcast about no sticking. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah how and, no sticks on the wall, sticks in your brain. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah I, I try really hard in those classes with kids to to the affirmations and the yeses and the this is wonderful and beautiful and look what you've done. not not, oh, it needs to be this way or that way. We don't we don't really do much
0: much criticism. I remember sometimes as a parent being like, but my kids, like that's not even close to what you're talking about they're supposed to be doing. And you were totally <laughs> fine with it. Right, you taught me. Like they're creating something, be happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, yeah. And my son did go on and do private, you know, instruction with you, so he can he can draw well. That was fun. Mm-hmm. So from the art garage in your home, then all of a sudden, what? Or not all of a sudden, nothing is all of a sudden. Step by step by step, you're looking mm-hmm. around and going,
1: yeah. It got to a point where I really couldn't support it in in my house. It had become a little too big to to continue and I still have a normal C. And it was very good timing. I definitely think patience is a really key ingredient in manifesting. Joey was two, I think, when I started the art garage in my garage. And it was when she was ready to go to kindergarten. I opened the summer before she was ready to go to kindergarten in um the space on Circle Drive. Um So just, yeah, just the perfect timing and the perfect amount of growth. And I don't know that I had any plan for that to be the way it laid out, but
0: that's how it happened. You got to use your design as soon as you went in there, because now your palette was an entire space. like It was just a big open space. And you're pointing out manifest a wall here and manifest a kiln there and let's have a (laughs) washroom here having to think through everything that is needed and place it i mean really really brave really brave to do and then just keeping the hope alive that people are going to come and they're going to fill up your camps is there anything that has happened over the years because like just to catch everybody up like you've been open since is it 2011 Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah and now All of a sudden, not all of a sudden, nothing's all of a sudden. Step (laughs) by step, you're ready to expand. So you're in this process again of creating now a second location, which your daughter's going to run, right? Yes.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So like the ripple effect is down through your house of this manifesting gene. I love it.
1: She's been super instrumental in, in pushing this forward too. It's been really cool to see.
0: And you think of anything that came along the way of this whole process right from your basket weaving class (laughs) (laughs) through to your art garage at home to now the expansion are there any what what one might call a failure that comes to mind
1: that's a good question there there are lots of things that i tried and some things we've we've grown grown out of or they served us well in the time and and we've had to either reevaluate or um just do away with them all together because it, it doesn't work anymore for whatever reason um story time art is something that's so dear to my heart and when I first opened I wanted very much to open it to the community in such a way um that I could have a something affordable and almost a service to offer moms and kids. Um, and during COVID, of course, we couldn't do storytime art so much. Can't have a bunch of people in a room crawling around on each other. And um, that's something that I just haven't been able to bring back. Um, don't know if I would call it a failure, but definitely, definitely something that I look at and think, That it's not a success right now, you know, Um, and I think you were talking about with Malta in your last episode, too, about how you you had tastings and cooking classes. And yeah, it's similar. And then as you grow, you have to go with the things that are are the stickiest.
0: Yeah. Go, yeah. Go towards what works. Even Mm -hmm. if that thing that you wanted was like so close to your heart. It's like, no, but I really, really want this. And if the universe is coming in and saying, "Mm, yeah, but that's not yours to do. Like that's a, that's a hard discernment to say, okay, I'm going to let that go. go. Knowing full well, it could come back one day, you know, because storytime art isn't happening right now. doesn't mean it won't return. It's just not where your energy is going Mm -hmm. later in yoga we would say where your attention goes so goes your life force so goes your prana and you can't put your attention there and on the expansion at the same time
1: yes that's true
0: so i'm it's kind of i'm kind of realizing at this moment that like a a big part of manifesting is knowing where to put your energy that there can be so many ways like i have you ever heard of i call it idea for you Mm -hmm. so many ideas and um Sometimes it's easy to get started on these ideas, but then because you're so spread out, then they dissolve and go away and then nothing ever quite manifests. And this is, you know, this there's personality types that this happens to. And I feel for them because they're super creative, which is upper chakras, right? But it's that manifesting current where it comes down into your body, down into the base, down into the world. That's the harder one. And sometimes it's just because so many great ideas, but you can't have your attention going in all those places at once. So there's a lot of just choosing what am I going to focus on right now? And a lot of grace around that of like, I can't do it all. I cannot do everything right now. Mm -hmm. Some personality types would say I should be able to do everything now. But no, that is that's not reasonable.
1: That all resonates very much. Yeah. And of course, I think any entrepreneur has ideas all the time, you know, like other business ideas and um yeah. My daughter and I always sit and chat about all the other things we'd like to maybe do sometime or maybe sh- she'll do sometime. Um, but yeah, you got to, you've got to, you got to kind of stick to one or at least a manageable amount of things to, to make it go,
0: make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you a couple questions and you might not even know the answers here, but I've, I'd love to hear your opinion. This is not talking as like a doctor or a therapist or anything. I'd love to know from Kelly, what happens when you create? What's what happens to a person when they create?
1: I do think it's different for different people, but I think what I experienced the most in witnessing people at our studio is um, a relaxation. And for some people, as soon as they sit down and the brushes in their hand and they're going with it um or fuse glass the tools are in their hand and they're they're moving with it they seem to like settle in to i think some of the worries of everything else tend to melt away um i do i do think for some people that, that takes longer the the critical voice inside some people's head i think is so loud that they struggle to to just let go and and let things happen because of the materials that we have and the projects we supply, there's not a lot you can do to mess it up. And glass is beautiful. Um, ceramics, the glazes are beautiful. Mosaics, the tiles and the glass, all very pretty things. So it's, it's hard to, hard to mess it up. Um, it's just that creative process of putting it together in your own unique way. And, I find that most people tend to relax when they do that and are able to kind of let go, which is nice. I went to yoga this morning and I got there and, you know, you're settling in. And he said, "Um, let's just settle in. Let's take a moment to arrive and feel what it feels to have arrived and feel supported. And I was like, yes, that's. That's the same sort of. There's a lot of I feel like parallels to the way. Obviously, very different. You're in yoga and you're moving around, but and you're in the art garage. You're sitting and painting, but the way that I hope people feel when they're there is similar, like that. That here you are, you've arrived to do this thing now. Feel supported, you know. That's, That's
0: beautiful because kind of- I did want to ask, like, how does your yoga practice support? Your work, or how do you see yoga and art walking side by side? How does that blend for you, or do you see it in others? or how do you see the yoga of art?
1: Oh, the yoga of art, that's a whole nother thing, huh? but <laughs> definitely my my yoga practice supports me as a human. um and so many of my my teachers help me remember the person that I want to be every day and how I want to show up. And so then I think my hope would be that then that trickles into my business and into my staff and exponentially. So through the customers that I serve, um, but that's, that's the biggest impact I feel like is that, that just remind that daily reminder of who I want to be and how I want to show up. Um, and my yoga practice brings, brings that.
0: I would say that that is your truest essence, that your yoga brings you back to that true essence of Kelly. So that's what's at the forefront anytime you're engaging with people in the world. So your, your yoga is creating a ripple effect of authenticity and joy through your work, through your relationships. I mean, it's a real testament to what it is to keep showing up on the mat, to keep showing up with your art, to keep showing up in your business and showing up for your people, remembering that you have to go refill your cups. You've mm-hmm. got to lay down on that mat and feel supported so that you can then be a support in the world.
1: Yeah, that's um, that's very important. And Definitely, there's been times in my business where the especially during COVID where yoga was literally where I would go to to just be supported because there wasn't much I could do to to give out, you know, but it it was a place that I don't know, just kind of held me there, you know?
0: You could receive. Yeah. Yeah. When we work with the chakras, there's a color that goes with every chakra. Mm-hmm. So they're aligned with, you know, frequencies, things like this. I don't care to take any of this very literally. And there's all different kinds of layers that you can put in the chakras. But I was wondering if you had kind of thoughts about color and what that does to a person, um, maybe through the lens of color theory or as an artist or how engaging with color in the world can change you.
1: There's a lot that goes into color choice. Um And the way we surround ourselves with different colors, uh, the the way that colors could soothe or excite, um, you know, bright colors, uh, especially warm, bright colors tend to be exciting, um, increase appetite and excite you and your uh, cool colors, your blues and your greens tend to calm you. McDonald's is red and yellow because it's supposed to draw your attention and make you hungry, stuff like that.
0: So we're engaging with these colors in our lives in and out. And sometimes we have awareness about it and sometimes we don't, but like, it's just that process of discernment or um, like you're looking around going, Oh, I like this color. I don't like that color. And what does that mean? We don't know what it means necessarily, (laughs) Um, but you can use it, you know, in your life. So like if, um, if you need more grounding or rooting, then you might incorporate more reds and those, you know, those colors, the reds and the oranges. My house has a lot of blue and I tend to talk a lot or, you know, like my whole job is communication. So I think there's something to the colors that we surround ourselves with are a little bit of a mirror about where we're drawing our energy. We want that mm-hmm. frequency in us.
1: I wonder about that. I think it's very interesting because there are definitely colors that I, I find myself drawn to and for short periods of time, like even, even saying that yellow and orange are my least favorite colors. I still will find that I go through like a time where I'm like picking everything in yellow, whether it's flowers or pillows or what have you, but you know, where I'm like, want more yellow.
0: Yeah. So I I believe something's happening.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't doubt that.
0: So Kelly, I'd love to finish our conversation with a question how would you encourage someone else who hears your story of manifesting? Here's your story of creating and having a ripple effect through your yoga, through your life. How would you encourage someone who questions whether or not they could do what they have resting on their own hearts?
1: I would um, encourage them to be patient with themselves and give themselves grace. Um I definitely believe that the things that we're meant to do will come in their own time and in their own their own way. I think that's that's part of creating too is is taking yeah you know, like you're talking hiking up the mountain taking those steps just one step after another and you don't always you're not always going to get there super quick to to be patient and give yourself grace sometimes you know you fall sometimes you find a fork in the path and have to go a different direction and then to to focus on the journey a little more than perhaps the the final outcome and i think that's important with art too the the journey of creating is is sometimes much more meaningful almost almost always more meaningful for the artist at least than um the end result
0: wow that is some good perspective to keep as we're talking about manifesting it's like yes and it's the journey Mm -hmm. what a perfect way to finish thank you so much for joining us kelly this was a delightful conversation and I can't wait to see what else you create that makes us all happy.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Jess. It was fun.
0: I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Kelly as much as I did. I think you caught a glimpse of what a beautiful soul she is and how inspiring she is to those around her. I hope you're inspired, inspired to manifest whatever it is you care to create. If you want to know about Kelly's manifestation, The Art Garage, or if you're ever in the Austin area and want to visit, you can check out The Art Garage at theartgarageaustin.com. Follow them on Instagram at theartgarageatx and on Facebook, The Art Garage Austin, Texas. Drop them a DM of support for their expansion in North Austin opening this summer. If you want to know more about the chakras on a personal level, I invite you to get started with my three-question chakras quiz at JessGoulding.com slash quiz. If you're ready to contemplate on and journal about each of your chakras, go to JessGoulding.com slash chakras and take the self-assessment. Both the quiz and the assessment give you access to my favorite tools for balancing each chakra. They're short little practices you can sprinkle throughout your day or change them as your system desires. Just enjoy, please. All these are linked into with the show notes. And if you enjoy this podcast, please do subscribe and leave a review. Just as Kelly said about how her yoga helps her to show up in the world better, I do believe that the more of us doing this work of self-awareness, the better the world will be. So when you subscribe and review, it helps others find us. So, my friends, may you create, may you be happy, and may you enjoy the journey of becoming your own manifesting guru each and every day. Much love.